Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. Uh, I'm David Greenstein. We're going to be looking at page 34, Lamed Dalid, in Masechet Beitza and Tractate Beitza. This page uh, has quite a number of uh, cases that it deals with in terms of preparing food on Yom Tov and limiting the way that we should prepare food. Although preparation of food is permissible on Yom Tov, there are certain limitations that our uh, uh, page uh, gives. For instance, we are not allowed to uh, stoke the fire uh, by using bellows to add, blow air into the, uh, the fire to make it uh, uh, get greater. Uh, instead, we should use uh, some kind of pipe or some other kind of uh, less official means of adding more air into the fire. Uh, Rashi explains that this is because the mechazek uman osem lacha. Because it looks, if we use the bellows, it looks like we are acting as professionals who are doing some kind of uh, professional activity. So again, as we've discussed previously, uh, the sage's concern is that not only should the activity itself be a permissible activity on Yom Tov, but the activity should have a certain appearance that indicates that it is a holiday activity rather than an activity for any other time of the week or the year. Um, the idea being that the community in general should be uh, engaged in observing Yom Tov in an atmosphere that expresses itself in every way, in the appearance of collective care for the observance of Yom Tov and all actions dedicated for the enhancement of Yom Tov and for no other purpose. Another example that the page gives is that one is not allowed to use ceramic tiles uh, to heat up them, to heat up ceramic tiles uh, for the sake of using them as a kind of a hot plate. And the question is, why is this uh, forbidden? And the two explanations that are given come uh, bring us to an interesting uh, question about what kind of concerns we have in terms of our activities on Yom Tov. The question is, are we worried that heating up the uh, ceramic plates will cause them to shatter, in which case the cooking that we will have done uh, will be uh, for naught. So permissible cooking is one thing, but engaging in cooking that afterwards will turn into a mess uh, is not allowed on Yom Tov. So our worry is that our uh, cooking with these ceramic tiles will blow up literally in our face. Or is the problem something else? Are we not at all worried about that, but rather we're worried that by heating up the tiles, we are improving the uh, quality of the tiles. They're being fired and therefore being strengthened by being fired. And that is a prohibited activity because it's independent of the cooking and it's really simply making these 
items, uh, more usable uh, tools. But the way that the Talmud approaches this question is by saying, do we worry about bad things happening on Yom Tov? And another example that they give is, for instance, if an animal sustains a minor injury, would we be allowed to slaughter that animal on Yom Tov? If we just took a regular healthy animal, of course we could slaughter the animal on Yom Tov in order to uh, uh, eat from it. But if this animal has sustained some kind of minor injury, the Talmud asks, do we now worry that something bad has happened to the animal that will uh, render it non-kosher? So after we slaughter the animal, when we check it, we'll find out that it's not kosher, and our slaughtering of the animal will have been for naught. In which case, the slaughtering of the animal will have been an unnecessary act on Yom Tov. So the question that the Gemara asks is, Mi reuta bi Yom Tov? Do we worry about some kind of bad thing happening on Yom Tov? How to understand that question uh, is uh, open to speculation. Is the question that the limits of worry should be uh, uh, contained? Too much worrying is no good. We don't have to worry to such an extent. Or is the Talmud saying something about Yom Tov itself? Is the Talmud somehow saying that Yom Tov is a day where worry should be limited? The beauty of Yom Tov should be that it should take us away from the world of worry. So even though a worry might be a legitimate thing during the rest of the week, but on Yom Tov maybe we shouldn't worry so much. As we turn the page, we get to the discussion that follows from a new Mishnah. And now our uh, subject moves into Shabbat. And on Shabbat, of course, one is not allowed to cook, but uh, the essence of Shabbat is itself a topic, just as the quality of Yom Tov, as I suggested a minute ago, was the discussion earlier. The case that the uh, Talmud brings is about young children who take a bunch of figs and they hide them before Shabbat begins. Now these figs have just been picked, but they haven't yet been brought into the house and they haven't been completely processed. And as a result, there's a technical uh, condition here of lone nigmarum alachtan. They have not been completely processed and therefore they are not subject to the requirement of tithing. And before the figs can be eaten, on a regular basis, one must offer those gifts, the 10% gift, uh, to the Levites and the priests. And until that such time, the figs are really not uh, eligible for uh, eating. However, one is allowed to eat figs on a uh, uh, casual basis before they have been finally processed. So the question is, these figs, uh, have not yet been completely harvested and brought into the house. And by hiding them to be used on Shabbat, and then they were lost, after Shabbat is over, are these figs to be considered to have been fully processed? Or since they still have not been brought into the house, can we eat them casually? And the Talmud says, no, they can't be eaten. Why? Because Shabbat has intervened. However, the case has been given here specifically with regard to children. And this brings up the question of what can we imagine about the seriousness of children's intentions? Do we take their intentions seriously or not? So if before we were concerned about limitations of our own worries, 
Now we're concerned about what are the limitations or where are, what are the minimum requirements to think about human considerations altogether. Is a child someone who is too young to be taken seriously with regard to their intentions? So these children had put these figs away for the sake of eating them on Shabbat. Do we consider such an a, uh, intent? Uh, do we take it seriously or not? And here we have an interesting uh, distinction uh, between uh, Rashi's approach and Tosvot's approach. This whole topic is dealt with extensively in another tractate in Cholim, and there Rashi and Tosvot disagree about how to interpret the terms that the Talmud uses with regard to the children. The question is, do children have machshava? Are children to be taken seriously as thinking beings? And uh, Tosvot says outright, uh, we have it uh, in a, a Tosvot here on our page as well, Children have no standing with regard to their thoughts. We don't take their thoughts seriously at all. However, when they do something, we can't deny that, they have a, that they've done uh, the act that they've done. So, according to Tosvot, the uh, consciousness of children is not to be uh, uh, valued um, as something that will determine the status of the food. Rashi, however, in Chulin, and here as well, says that no, the acts that the children do are supplementary to their thoughts. And if they are cl clear enough about what they think, specifically Rashi talks about dibur, about speech in Chulin, then children's thoughts are also to be taken, to be credited as a legitimate human thought which can impact on the, the, the status of uh, the foods that we eat, about whether they're considered to be ready for eating or not. So we have a, an interesting distinction between these two authorities about how seriously to take uh, the immature thoughts of minors. We'll continue with the question of the status of Shabbat itself as we continue our consideration of the following page. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Chorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.